With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mornings on SEN. Well, last year's AFL trade period was an absolute roller coaster, complete with a volcanic deadline day packed full of bravado, ego, bluffing, counter bluffing, and ultimately big deals under big pressure in a who blinks first environment. Show Me the Money is back for season two and it launches tonight on Stan. And thank goodness it is because they have had plenty to work with. This trade period is going to be so much fun. Let the games begin Monday morning. It's going to be tense. It's a ruthless business. There's egos because we think we're curing cancer, but we're not. As an agent, your player's relying on you to get that deal done. It's a bit like a meat market. So whoever's telling you, tell them to shut their mouth or call me. I'll be honest, makes me a lot End of the day, the trade period is just clubs are taking risks because they need to get better. If they want to get a player, they find the money. Hawthorne would give their left arm for pick seven. He's playing the best football of his life, and yet we're discussing that he's a possible trade. So you're out. Oh, last year, this man uh, jumped into a bath with his suit on. This year, he's posed up in front of the carcasses at the abattoir. He is Colin Young of Corporate Sports Australia, and he is one of the most influential player managers in the football industry, and he's with us here in the studio. Colin, welcome to SEN. Good morning, everyone. Good to be here. Now, you got in a bath last year, this time yep. last year. Now, you're posing up, I see, uh, overnight uh, in front of an abattoir. How did they get you to do that? Well, firstly, um, you talk about the bathtub. That was about three hour, after about three hours of being interviewed and I was exhausted. <laughs> then a call came from Melbourne, can you jump in the bathtub? And uh, luckily, I'll throw in the towers, got the best bathtubs in the world. So uh, did that. It wasn't too short. It was about for the show. And then this time, we're at the end of it. And um, one of the guys rang me and said, look, we need you to be out at uh, Canningvale, I think at you know, 5.30, 6 in the morning to do this shot. And I go, what is it? And they go, well, you'll find out when you get there. And uh, so basically got there and then they opened the door up and there was these you know, carcasses hanging down, get in front, you've got three minutes. <laughs> so, well, it is a meat market, isn't it? Oh, as, it's unbelievable. As we heard in the preview there. And I did love that little preview of Robbie Durazio um, oh. having a crack at someone. And that was the voice of Brody Grundy saying, I hope he doesn't speak to me like that. That is so funny. I, I've heard that from on the, some of the social media outlets. And uh, every time I hear that, that's very funny. Robbie's very good. So you said, in fact, in that preview that after it was all said and done and you had a successful trade period in the sense of your players, which will detail at the moment, that you felt like you'd played in 10 losing grand finals. Such was the the intensity of it all. Yeah, look, I'm probably uh, during that time, you're sort of not too sure what's coming out there, but um, and I've never played an AFL grand final. I can only imagine from what the players tell me, but I was pretty well exhausted at that last second because it went down to the wire like we thought it would. How did they get you back? And did you feel like you needed to come back? So let's put it out there. I mean, this time last year, after this show went to air and after a trade period, where unfortunately you couldn't, due to varying circumstances, mm. get your players where they wanted to go. And you wore some bullets this time last year. Yeah, we did, especially myself. Uh, look, we're, we're, it was always going to be about showing the general public and the footy people out there what actually goes on during a trade period. And it's probably the trade period's 12 months. Um, during that that first show, we had COVID and we couldn't move around. We couldn't have the general conversations with clubs for 12 months. Um, you know, the Rory Lob came on the Tuesday morning. We're between a rock and a hard place. But, mm. 
you know, as a as an agent, if, if you get a call and then you, you speak to the player and what do you want to do and he says you've got to go for it, then you've got to go for it. Um, it was always going to be difficult. So, you know, and then obviously Bobby came late as well and that was closer than obviously Rory. But even in the end, I think this the show here, the uh, Trade Radio, talked about um, Hawthorne players maybe moving to GWS with Bruce and that. So straight away we were, hey, this might come back with Bobby. You know, this might happen. And, you know, and we had some information from Collingwood last year about Bobby and guess where he is now? He's at, yeah. you know, he's at Collingwood. So with Rory and Bobby, so Rory Lobb's obviously at the Western Bulldogs now, across from Fremantle, Bobby Hill from GWS, and, and they're both settled in. Bobby Hill's at Collingwood as well and both impressing over preseason. When those trades failed to materialise 12 months ago, was it literally like 12 minutes later, you're like, these are going to happen this time next year. Was it that far out or did they both go away and have a good think about it? Well, I, I watched... Once it was done, I walked into Andrew's office and said, look, don't worry, we'll get Bobby done for sure next year. That's a certainty. Um, and with Rory, he had a year to go. So it was always going to be, we need to join the dots during the year to see if we can help Fremantle if they're up to anything, you know, regarding trade period. And, and I think around about round 10, we started hearing strong whispers about Jackson. So, and that kept on getting stronger and stronger. So I thought, okay, well, we've got a fair chance here. If we can help Frio get, you know, land their main man, then we're a chance to move Rory. Um, by that stage, I'd spoken to, you know, sort of defined how many clubs might be looking at Rory, a player like Rory, and they probably got two. Mm. Um, and, you know, we spoke to two clubs and, and obviously one of them was the Bulldogs and um, they were successful. But at the end of the day, I sat here, uh, I think the morning of trade or the week before trade um, on Trade Radio and we're talking about, you know, if Rory was to get done, we just need to make sure Fremantle come out of this in all areas, you know, they've won mm. in regards to what players they were chasing. So we're mindful of uh, that all along. We, we must get the right picks for Fremantle um, for Rory to be, you know, to be done. Just on Rory, I've got a text message here earlier from Paul. He wanted me to ask you this. Uh, can you ask Colin Young uh, of his thoughts on Peter Bell's comments on Rory Lobb saying he wasn't coached incorrectly last season while having uh, his best season of his career? That's, that's from Paul asking that question. Uh, I think what that comment was with Peter... I think Roy was saying that he didn't um, the coaching, whether it be the forward line coaching yeah. or the coaching or the, the patterns, whatever. He wasn't he he discussed it with the club that they thought had gone down a different track to win games. Um, that that wasn't Peter's comments. Peter Peter was sort of made sort of supporting you know the coaches saying that he thought that everything was going okay and the structures are okay. It's just a difference of opinion. Mm. You know, it happens at every club. So just on you mentioned Luke Jackson. I find this sort of it fascinating. You don't manage Luke Jackson, of course. So there you've got. Blake Akers leaving Fremantle to Carlton, which you were able to, mm. to orchestrate. You had Griffin Logue leaving Fremantle to North Melbourne, which you were able to orchestrate. And we mentioned Rory Lobb from Fremantle to the Western Bulldogs. So a real theme here, given that, you know, you, Fremantle needed to make some space for Luke Jackson's arrival. So what's it like for you managing these guys who their future is tied to what another player is going to be doing? I mean, you're outside the Luke Jackson tentacles. Are you, are you joining dots everywhere? Are you relying on hearsay? How difficult is that? You're sort of talking to the clubs that are involved. You know, we heard whispers about Dunkley. Uh, but are they honest as well? Well, there are some clubs that are extremely honest and right. some, some clubs will lead you down a different path just to, just to get you on the, off the track. So, but, you know, we heard of Dunkley early. It was Port Adelaide, Brisbane. Um, we'd heard that um, Dunkley's partner was from Brisbane. So we knew there was something there. Uh, we knew that Bulldogs needed to get picked. You know, I think it was 21 was back in the day and then, um, everything gelled back to Rory. So the pick 21 to the Bulldogs, to Fremantle, um, that was more so, I thought, for Sharp because I was having strong conversations with Gold Coast about Sharp and what they'd need to have to get Sharp. 
So everything was linking to that one pick. So, and it was like, did they? Did the dogs have to wait for Dunkley to get done before they could do Rory as well? Was well, that, yeah, well, we had sort of talked about it, you know, the different options. And yeah. I think it was uh, the second and a future second, which I always thought that was on the cards. But I didn't think Fremantle knew that, uh, weren't told. But um, it was always my... Uh, I was just strategizing to get that 21 and somehow help everyone to move that to probably four spots. Um, and then as it got closer, there, I think I mentioned on the way out, there was just too many chefs in the kitchen. You know, you had Miki, you had Mitchell, you had Jager, who came from nowhere. You had Rory, um, you had Henry. It was just everything was happening in the last 30, 40 minutes. So we had to just streamline it. Hey, make it clean, get in and get out. Yeah. And which at the end of the day, the last 10 seconds, it was done. So all your players are, have settled in. Uh, Billy Frampton's the other one I, I didn't mention as well. So all five of them? Yeah, all five happy. are just Deliriously happy. Yeah. So it was really, it was a win for everyone. Like I thought the clubs won, the players won. It was just a great, great trade period for everyone. All right. And it's all going to be on Show Me The Money Season 2. I wanted to ask you about this year. Now, I know conversations are already taking place. I'm mindful of the fact that it is February 23rd. But this trade period come the end of the year, if last year was an absolute cyclone and it was tumbleweeds 12 months before that, what are we going to get this year? Well, I don't think I'll be involved uh, this year as I was last year. So I've got a funny feeling it'll be okay for us, Andrew and I, this year. We don't have as many players um, out of contract and looking to move. So, um, But you are hearing a lot of whispers already. What we do uh, as agents, I'm sure most people do, you do meet with the clubs early on especially after the draft and trade period, to find out what positions they missed out on during the draft, what players they were looking at during the part. part. So if you find, you know, speak to three or four clubs last week and, you know, what positions I'm looking for a half forward flanker come wing, I'm looking for a marquee backman, I'm looking for a marquee forward. You sort of watch that space during the year and sometimes players will jump on the list and go, oh, we didn't know he was going to be a good player and that goes out the door. But you're always looking and joining the dots to see what clubs will need what positions, which which players have been talked about. I think there's about 113 free agents at the moment. We have seven. Seven free agents? That's in your... seven, yeah, at the moment. So, um, so Jeremy McGovern? Yeah, Jer- it's funny. I didn't even realise that was coming around so quick. It only seemed like yesterday that Jeremy and Scotty Lysett were Scotty done. Scotty Lysett? Yeah. So, and then we have Brody, uh, McIntosh from Richmond, yep. Sam Enangola from Geelong, um, Joel Hamling and Sonny Walters at Frio. Um, yeah, and a few others are just coming out of contract, but all moving are they? Uh, I think I don't think so. I think they're all pretty happy. So. Um, there's another McGovern, not a free agent. Is Mitch isn't a free agent? Yeah, Mitch Andrew McDougall yep. looks after him directly. Yep. Both McGovern's are out, so um, we'll see how we go. I think Mitch is going to have a great year. I think Carlton should be pretty excited. He stays fit down there. I know the coach likes him. Uh, hopefully, Carlton get to where they should be. Hopefully, he does. I think he's got a bit of back soreness uh, at the moment. Oh. But yeah, uh, sorry to break that too. You I do you do break the news to me most times. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's uh, he's okay because yeah, you're right. He had been turning some heads in the preseason, plays an important role down back for Michael Voss's Carlton. But what about some other names that that aren't necessarily yours? And I'm not trying to get you in any trouble here. So hopefully we're not revealing yeah. state secrets. But some of the other names going around. I mean, Cosy Pickett was a topic of conversation in the last trade period. We know Port Adelaide have a real interest in him. Melbourne weren't willing to trade him and he also wasn't willing to be traded. But that's another name we're going to hear about this year, I'd imagine, going forward. Yeah, he's an exciting player. I think he kicked over 40 or close to 40 goals. So he's pretty good. Yep. I'm sure that Melbourne will do everything they can to try and keep him. Um, uh, Melbourne are a very good club. You know, They're in that space for the next three or four years to win flags. So it's always hard to get players out when there's that cup You know, at the end of the, the, end of the season. It could be there. Um, 
yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of free agents, you know, names banded around in the next three or four weeks and generally guys like yourself pick up that news and let us know. So the interest uh, is there for people. Gee, they love a trade, but the appetite well, for it is... Well, it's more so the show, like whether you... you, you accept, it was mainly the show people, having been born... I was born in Moorabbin, so... And I followed football all my life, like most of the Melburnians. So to give them a real taste of what really does happen, mm. and that was as close as you're going to get um, to, you know... The real thing, oh, you know, big, you remember, big pressure. You yeah. got you got blokes' careers in your hands. Yeah, we well, got you know family, girlfriends. Yeah. You know, it's a lot going on. You know, personal you gotta, stuff, personal yeah. stuff, and you got to deliver the, hopefully deliver the goods. That, you know, to all parties to to make sure it works. Do you think Ben Mackay might be a big story? So I think he's had a contract uh, at North Melbourne this year, and, and so much probably obviously hinges on how North are going to go this year, of course, on field. But Benny has shown himself to be a star defender. That's another name that we might be speculating upon throughout the year. Yeah, well, there's a lot of clubs looking for big backs. Yep. So um, I'm sure that uh, his manager will be getting a few calls. I was going to ask you what the it player was. You know, sometimes it's a ruck, sometimes it's a forward, sometimes it's a small forward. Is it What is the it player this year? Is it the key back? Uh, key back. Um, key, they've actually, like, obviously different clubs are in need of different positions, yep, yep. but it always sort of works out like when you're watching each 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 round by round, and if you've got – I think there's going to be the best AFL season of all time. I think there's 10 clubs that can win the premiership. So it's going to be one of the most exciting years. And I think the nine clubs that don't win it, then the nine clubs will be having a look at what free agents are available, if they're still available, to just t- you know top their list up to get that you know yeah. the, the Golden Cup the next year. Now, I know what my answer to this is. I've said it many times. But would you, as someone who's uh, would be put through the absolute griller if it happened, like a mid-season trade period? I would. And people um, – and you're only going to find out that um, the trade would be amicable for all, from, from everyone. For the trade to be done, and they say, oh, we're going to lift him out of WA to take him to Melbourne or lift him out of Melbourne to take him to Brisbane – the conversations would be having in January, February, March. So the player's not going to be, you know, have his pants pulled down, hey, guess what? Yeah. And if he's going to, you know, if he's going to move, um, you know, and play in a premiership and win a cup and get two more years, if it's done professionally, it'll be it'll be good, good for everyone. It'll be good for, again, the, the, the members. But I think it's good. And I think it'll happen, whether it's this year or next year, yeah. I think it's definitely coming. When I was in the States three or four years ago, I mentioned, when I met with the general manager of the NFL clubs, it's really imperative that they have that mid-season trade. And you asked them about, you know, what sort of transpires, mm. how it happens and what they do to move and, you know, it's the salary cap and all that sort of thing. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. And they, they, they think it's imperative and they can't work out why we aren't doing it. I can definitely see the benefits in it. I wonder if we can actually trust the clubs. Though. Now, I know players have to give the ultimate tick to be traded, but um, we've seen don't want to be too naive when players can be made almost forced to exit as well. So I wonder if we will get those situations where come the middle of the year, by the way, mate, we want to trade you and this is why, and it becomes almost untenable for them to stay. So I don't know where the critics would think that that situation might present itself. Oh, I think it presents itself you know, anyway. Yeah. You know, you look at the player, look, you know, we need, we need to move him. Uh, we've got salary cap issues. You know, it's good, even like, um, you know, you deal with, Jason McCartney at GWS, and you know that sometimes their cap's tight. Yeah. So if you come yeah. to Jason Earl and go, look, we've got a player out, um, we've got an opportunity to move, even in March, um, you, you know it's tight. Yeah. Um, can we work with you, if it doesn't free up, can we work with you to move a player? And they go, yep, we'll, we'll keep talking, Cole. Well, we're nearly out of time, but I wanted yeah. to ask you about that dynamic. So obviously the way we're structured at the moment is players more or less can't be traded without their consent. Do you think that dynamic needs to remain or should clubs have more power to trade players without their consent? I know there's several clubs that are pushing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, look, at the end of the day, if you, everyone's doing their job, 
these conversations will get brought up anyway. Mm. And nine times out of 10, it'll, they'll work. So unless, you know, the partner doesn't want to move. Um, but if, if it's a long contract that they're moving for and it's financially viable and, you know, the, the grass is greener in regards they're closer to a premiership in the club they're leaving, um, you know, I've, I've got a different aspect after, but you know, working over there in the NFL for you know, during the, that period, mm. uh, the combine period, about you know, even changing the the TPP, giving clubs more ability to move the money around, so that if they have two or three years in the draft, on that fourth year they can go get four or five players, and they're you know, they're back where the Chiefs are. Yeah. So I just have a bit a different opinion on it all. Um, and after being in a while ago, most players that move. You know, even, you know, we talk about Griff. Like, Griff did, I had to wedge him out in the end, you know, because he did what he had to, we had to go. And mm. at the end, he knew he had to go. And now he's, he's a very happy man. He's lo loving Melbourne lifestyle and uh, he's loving Clarko. So it's all good. It worked out really well. And Fremantle, I've got Jackson, who's going to be a superstar. and got Jager running around. So everyone should be really happy. And yeah. I think players don't normally move if they're not happy to move. So yeah. and if it's done well and structured well, and being open and honest from an early period, I think it can happen. It's Colin Young, Corporate Sports Australia over in Perth. He's in town. Show Me the Money launches today, Season 2, and he's on air tonight, the Stan Original Documentary Series. It premieres 5 p.m. tonight, only on Stan. I can't wait to watch it. Warts and all. Thanks so much for coming in, Colin. We appreciate it. No, pleasure.